Binary Pals, welcome back to another episode of the Cinematch podcast, the podcast where we take different movies every week and debate and rate them. My name is Cal Altimus and I am one of your hosts and joining me as he does every episode is Mr Nathan Sackle-Hanna. How are you, sir? Uh, tired and snotty. Yeah, I think you can tell, you can hear it in your voice, I think you, see, you do sound bunged up. I hope I sound more like remember that episode of Friends where Phoebe's got like the deeper voice and everybody thinks she sounds sexier. I'm hoping it just makes me sound sexier. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to wait till uh, hear what people think about that. The audio podcast goes out. It's not the most listened to one. <laughs> yeah, ever. Great records. No, I, just, I might go change into a vest, see if it gets the views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, combine the two. <laughs> uh. So uh, this week. We're continuing our uh, Valentine's week, uh, Valentine's month, should I say. We're in February now. We are officially in February now. We're not cheating and recording early. We are smack bang in February. No, um, we always, we never lie. Last week we recorded two very, very traditional rom-coms, which you hated in Sleepless in Seattle against You've Got Mail. Did I um, not it? Let me tell you. Uh, my sister-in-law, Sophie, um, she was like, this is the first episode I'm going to fully listen to. Thanks for your support in all these 29 episodes. So, um, But I got nothing but shit from her and Grace um, about our opinions. Just don't get it. You just you men just don't get it is what I got a lot of. And I was like, yeah. But she tried to do a lot, like a lot of um, uh, like... Oh, what did you say? Like, uh, oh, Tom Hanks didn't try and put Meg, Meg Ryan's business, like, didn't try to close a shop. I was like, there's literally a line at the beginning of the film where he's like, I don't care about closing the shop. We are the big, ba- we're the big bastards. Like, he is a ruthless bastard at the beginning of that. Like, every time she tried to bring someone up, I proved her wrong. And she can't defend herself because she's not here. So, fuck you, Sophie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, you have to be a woman to appreciate a good old session of stalking in Sleep in Seattle, yeah. then. And you don't have to, you don't have to, um, you can just ignore the manipulation, I suppose, if you're a woman, I guess. Well, no one ever said Sophie had good opinions, to be fair, so there's nah, that. So it's, it's, it's all right. So for a crew, I should probably put to tape that a current one is decent, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, we're not doing anything like those movies this week. We've gone for very, very different. Uh, and we've gone, this week we're doing 40-year-old virgin. You what, sorry? Doing sex, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the 40-year-old virgin versus Knocked Up. Uh, two Judd Apatow movies. And you wanted to do this because this is episode 30, which is in Roman numerals XXX, which obviously... I, I'm going to say, I think you thought I was joking a couple of times, but I genuinely wanted to just watch two porn. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? And did you reckon that didn't even be allowed on YouTube? We just yeah, we critiqued Paul. We don't show clips of it though, do we? We just put the posters up. Oh, there we yeah, do show yeah. clips. Up. Oh no, we could probably put the story clips up. This story clips up of uh, yeah. getting stuck in a washing machine. We've done two just like incredible parodies. Like I know, um, I've heard what one of my friends texted me once years ago, just saying he just watched some Wizard of Oz porn, and it was called the Jizzard of Oz. <laughs> that that would have been a good one. We should have done like the, the Back to the Future versus Ghostbusters episode, but the porn parodies of them. Yeah, I can't. I mean, usually they've got quite punny names, haven't they? I can't even imagine what the name would be for Back to the Future. Crack to the Future. Yeah. What would Ghostbusters be? Nutbusters. Guys, you've got two. You're too familiar with these. You, you, you start that. You've probably watched them both. 
I don't even know if they're real. I'm gonna see if there are while you're talking, I'm gonna see if there are any porn parodies for these. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, anyway, uh back on to the normal topic. We are doing um the 40-year-old virgin versus not talk because like I said, Nathan thought we would be an XXX episode 30. It'd be interesting to do much more like sex-fueled romantic comedies, because they're not your traditional romantic comedies, um, which I wasn't aware of about Knocked Up until this week, as I haven't seen... I've never seen Knocked Up before, and I'd only watched 40-Year-Old Virgin maybe once when I was, like, really young, so I couldn't really remember. Um, but you've seen... Have you, which did you say you've seen before? 40-Year-Old uh, Virgin. I just want to confirm, Nutbusters is a real thing. I didn't know that. Uh, but Back to the Future is Fap to the Future. Fap? Yeah, as in... Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> I've seen Forty Year Virgin. I've seen bits of Knocked Up. Um, like I know, I, I've seen like clips of it. And Grace watched it a couple of weeks ago, so I saw like about twenty minutes of it there, which is what gave me the idea to kind of mix up what we was originally going to do. Um, but I've seen Forty Year Virgin a couple of times. I uh, love that movie, so I thought it was going to be a bit one sided this week. But Knocked Up's what a what a film. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I said, I, I watched 40-year-old version when I was really young, so I couldn't really remember it, and I'd never seen Knocked Up. But going into it, I thought Knocked Up was a, a tr- like a much more traditional rom-com. I thought it was going to be these opposites forced to spend time together. Do you know, like, did you ever watch the Ashton Kutcher What Happens in Vegas movie? No. So I think it's with Cameron Diaz, I can't remember. different history of watching things. Yeah, it's... Uh, it was a film, like that. this is another one I only watched that once, but it was years and years ago, and it was Ashton Kutcher, and I think Cameron Diaz, I might be wrong there, but it's like they get married while they're drunk in Vegas, even though they're strangers, and they win all this money, and they have to stay together if they're going to split this money. Something stupid like that, and eventually they end up falling in love. I thought this was going to be something like that, and let me tell you, it's not really. No. It's not quite like that. It's fucking funny as though. Uh, both movies are actually really funny. Obviously, they're both... Judd Apatow movies. 40-year-old Virgin was his directorial like feature film debut, which is wild to think, considering the number of stars in both movies. And you can tell it's the same director because they have there's such overlaps in both movies with some of the cast. Um, so it did feel natural to do these against each other. I'll tell you what, I've, I haven't watched Knocked Up in full, but I've watched a couple. Of, I put it up. I put it on my letterbox review actually. Like um, I was watching Knocked Up and I was like. I just want more of Paul Rudd and uh, Leslie Mann's character. And then I remembered, I've seen This Is 40 like fucking five or six times. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, I didn't know that there was a sequel until not, after watching This Is 40? No. Oh, you need to watch it. It is fucking... Apparently, weird. they're doing a This Is 50 as well now. Uh, I fucking hope so. I yeah, apparently that's the plan. I love that movie so much. But yeah, we'll talk, uh, we'll although about. I looked into it and I saw that Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl didn't come back, did they? No, there was. I don't know what it was, actually. I should have researched it before, but there was some drama around Knocked Up. Uh, yeah, her, her, Catherine Heigl, I, I, I did read that. And apparently, uh, we should probably talk about this when we talk about best female characters, but might as well say it now. So apparently... She did an interview with, I think it's Vanity Fair after doing the movie and just slated her entire experience saying it, she felt it was like disrespectful to women and stuff like that. Mm. And um, she felt stupid with the scenes she was doing and she thought women were painted terribly by Judd and then they had a big falling out for it. And apparently she did like a public apology a while later, but never actually personally apologised to him, which is probably why she didn't come back. It's the same with apparently 
Grey's Anatomy, she criti- criticised them in the same interview, saying one of her storylines was just proof that they'd jumped the shark and they were desperate for ratings and it wasn't destined to last much longer. Which is funny because it's I think it's lasted another 11 seasons since then and she's been written out and never been asked to come back. You can tell me about it. Grace watches Grey's Anatomy. Christ. <laughs> yeah, so apparently she just has a... a, a a history of pissing people off, so that's probably why she didn't go back. Yeah, I think she does, but I think there's been kind of like a public turnaround on it. I saw only reason I know about the drama is that he popped up the other day and she was doing an interview saying that Seth Rogen was like a gentleman and like handled it really well and was like constantly checking in on it during all that that time. So if they do come back to do a This Is 50, which I hope so because I love This Is 40 so much. Um, I hope they I hope they bring their characters back because they kind of sorely miss. They don't even they don't even mention them. <laughs> yeah, that's always jarring, especially when one's supposed to be the sister of the main character. I hate when TV shows and film, films do that. But we might as well get started there because I've got a lot to say about those characters, especially as a couple. Um, so we'll get straight into them. Talk about the stories. As I mentioned at the top, both the movies are very much sex is a, clearly an important part of them but it's very very different whereas the, very much lack of sex and one is yeah <laughs> like, what yeah. When... yeah the 40 year old virgin's entire plot revolves around the fact that a guy has never had sex and how his friends are desperate for him to lose his virginity uh whereas not talk the entire storyline revolves around the fact that two people did have sex and have now uh got a child on the way um so 40 year old virgin which obviously stars steve carell just as the office uh, the office was taken off i think it was 2005 so it was just as he was becoming this big star um but yeah he works in this like what they call tech stores like a curries or a pizza. yeah essentially it's like the american it's version of curries that, that's been a thing for a yeah <laughs> but yeah he works in one of those and he's this 40 year old geek who's never uh slept with anyone and the, these co-workers find out when they take him to a poker night and they eventually try to take him under the wing and try to help him lose his virginity and obviously hilarity and shoes um in comparison not to stars as Seth Rogen is just a fucking straight up bum who on a yeah. night out I know Seth I'm surprised he managed to pull off playing the stoner, to be honest. Do you know what? Do you know that tweet about uh, Leo? That yeah. guy that I tweeted her saying, like, oh, Leo, Seth Rogen, that could be Seth Rogen. That guy always <laughs> plays a stoner. Even when he's playing animated characters that you can't see, you know those characters are stoners because of the way he's playing them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one of those uh, who always plays the same sort of guy. Um, but, yeah, Knocked Up's essentially it's like an opposite attracts thing where he and... Catherine Heigl's character is going to be more different, but after a one-night stand, she falls pregnant. And the rest of the movie is just about them coming to grips with the pregnancy and being forced to work together and spending time as a couple while meeting each other's friends and seeing how different the worlds are. So they're very different types of movies in the sense of that, but they do both revolve around sex, which is what we're doing. Um, I'll let you go first this week. Great, thanks. So how did you rate the stories? Um... I well, I, obviously I'm quite more I'm more familiar with Forty Year Old Virgin story and Knocked Up story. I was I was like you. I was expecting that opposites attracting, um, which I kind of I guess it kind of is, but like more of they start out hating each other and then they grow to love each other. But in reality, it's like they start out as a one night stand, <laughs> and then just kind of decide to make it work, and then they kind of fall out and then come together in the end. Um, <clears throat> I, I really really like that one uh, but 
yeah, I went ten nine in favour of forty year old virgin. Uh, I love the 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 whole just the whole conflict of like the importance of sex and him not being comfortable around it and all the bits of like like when he goes home with Elizabeth Banks's character and um when he goes home with Leslie Mann's character. Like I love all those little bits. Whereas forty year old uh, knocked up kind of seems like it's going a bit of a slower pace and it's if it, it feels like it's spending more time to make jokes and do like these little just kind of jokey scenes rather than actually move the story like the storyline is pretty much i think like they're, they're trying to fill out the the nine month year gap by just having things in there like going to vegas and the poor and secret um fancy fancy baseball league draft and all that kind of stuff um but yeah, I prefer, I prefer forty-year-old virgins story overall. Um, I just feel like it's more it's more satisfying. I feel like you're not watching Knocked Up thinking they're not going to end up together, or it's not going to end up with a happy ending because you know she's going to have a baby, and there's it's not the kind of film where it's going to be a, a sad ending. Whereas forty-year-old virgin, even though you know he's going to have sex, like the the lead up to it is just more so much more satisfying, especially when it goes the uh, one minute later, which is very 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 predictable and then the four hours uh, two hours later afterwards and then the ending which we'll talk about is brilliant um i just yeah i just prefer the the conflicts and the the situations in 40 year old virgin compared to knocked up i feel like knocked up feels more like a, a stoner movie than uh 40 year old virgin does yeah, that is very true. It does feel more like a stoner movie, which might be why I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up, because I thought I loved the story of Knocked Up. It, it did shock me, because like I said, I expected a much more traditional sort of rom-com where it was like these two opposites that hate each other and then get together. I didn't realise they'd spend so much of the film actually working on the relationship and the the whole splitting up would come further down the line when they realised, like how unsuited they are. And I, and I really liked that twist. I didn't I didn't see it coming. Um, I love the fact that they're from these completely different worlds. I love that we didn't just skate over it either. We got in-depth looks at, like, what Seth Rogen's character does, like, the people he surrounds himself with in comparison to Catherine Heigl and her family and, like, her job. Um, I love the, like you said earlier, the focus on Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's characters later in the movie. I like that wrinkle to the story. I think it just adds... Um, a level of interest that it increases the quality where it's not your traditional sort of thing. I think that sort of thing helps just like elevate the movie. Um, it doesn't feel like a standard rom-com because of that. I think too often everyone else around the character feels in, uh, like unconsequential in comparison to the main two. And I think Knocked Up did a good job of making sure that wasn't the case, which obviously that's how this is fully led to be. Like that's how big a deal uh, Judd Apatow made those characters. I don't know if it's because one's his wife, but uh, more than likely, and the and the kids are his kids. Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah. Which uh, not to step on a category coming up, but solid performance for kids. They get even better in the sequel. Tell you, man, you need to watch it. Yeah, we'll it, it, what I don't like about it, it paints as if like having a room full of like toys and nerdy shit is not acceptable. Like that's not cool, man. Like I've got a wife. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? That's what I hate about these sorts of things is where the character starts off enjoying life because he's got all these things he's interested in, he's passionate about. But by the end of it, he gets rid of them all to be with the girl. Now, that's not 
That's not real. Look at your room, you fucking geek. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, does it? No. Like, you've got all that. I mean, I've got these posters. Like, if it meant... You know, it's okay. You don't have to try and you don't have to try and bring yourself down to my level. Posters... No, I'm not quite there. I've not got lightsabers or anything like that. I've got lightsabers, helmets, bulk shit, Godzilla, no. wherever he is. I can't do it now. Um... Yeah, yeah. It's it is funny. How the movies are always like that. Like, yeah, the nerd stopped being a nerd and he got the girl. It's like realistically, he's he could have been just himself. She was fine with it. I mean, similarly, we're not talk like not obviously selling all of his toys and stuff. Even though <laughs> it's pretty funny when he's when he's going through them all and um David Jane Carroll like go around to the house and like start playing them all and stuff. But um in Knocked Up like growing up and maturing to be a better dad consists of not seeing his friends anymore, not smoking weed anymore. But I, I suppose that one's not that that much of a thing to cut out, but like not seeing really seeing his friends, not going out as much, which starts wearing like button down shirts and stuff. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, I think I think to be a better dad, you probably do have to move out of that house because Jesus, imagine yeah. trying to raise a kid up in that environment. Uh, and it's probably not smoking as many drugs probably does help. When he opens the door and they've all got pink eye. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I was listening to a podcast and I this I don't know. Is pink eye is that actually how you get pink eye? Did that movie start that rumor? Because that's what everyone used to say when I was a kid. I think so, maybe. Because these guys, the, I was watching the Ringers, the, the Ringer does a podcast and they were talking about it and they were like, they don't know if that's even true. Like, there's never really been a confirmation and that's how you get it. But that was something that people always said when I was a kid. So I don't know if that's just a rumour that knocked up started. But, I don't know. Fought an owner's pillow and see what happens in the morning. I'll end up fucking dead. <laughs> what will happen is they came and be sculling with some elbows, probably. Um, but yeah, I think... That's why I think I like that story a bit more because you get the much deeper looks at the opposite, the other characters were as in 40-year-old Virgin, aside from Andy, the only other character that you really get a proper storyline about is Paul Rudd's character. And that's what made play more for laughs, that he's just this psycho that won't let his ex go. Um, so, yeah, I just think because of that, I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up. Um, we'll move on then to the openings, which, again very different but both they're both quite set up. not slow set up. but i think they're like they're both set up looks at the like this is these are the characters rather than this is the situation well i suppose 40 year old virgin definitely sets up a situation if you count playing with toys as a situation yeah it is it is more about introducing those characters uh and really painting who they are very quickly uh, the 40 year old virgin one obviously is just it's just Andy's life with all these toys and when he rides his bike to work it just immediately paints him as like oh yeah I can see why this guy isn't with anyone like he's just content on being alone like he's happy with his own company which more more power to him uh, and he has like his entire flat kitted out and we see him go to work and we immediately see the sorts of relationships he has with everyone he works with um, we get introduced to Seth Rogen's character who talks about going to watch a woman fuck a horse, which is just a bizarre, bizarre situation. Um, and we just immediately get not only what Andy's character is about, but also what others think of him, because we see when he's talking to Seth Rogen about his plans yeah. and how he really didn't get up to much. And then Seth Rogen behind him mimics, like, shooting his brains out and stuff. Um, so it is a good job of painting the guy he is. I love the whole conversation about, like, 
going was it tier one and then like watching a woman fuck a horse and like how he was actually disgusted by it and it like wrecked him and it's like it's not what you like and and he's like yeah and then he starts talking about how he made an egg mayo sandwich and then in the end he's like and in the end i just didn't want to eat it <laughs> it's fucking brilliant yeah that line when he's like it's you go to watch a woman fucking a horse and it, it's a woman fucking a horse <laughs> like it's like his realization that's quite funny um but yeah you meet the other guys working there really quickly afterwards and like you just get that you, you they quickly explain what everyone thinks of andy where they say like he's a nice guy when i'm pretty sure he's a serial killer um yeah. and stuff like that so it does paint a good job of telling you who andy is whereas Knocked Up has to do that, but with two characters at the same time. And I like the way that's kind of told like into space. And like you see clips of Seth Rogen's character and the, the lifestyle he lives with his stoner friends and the crazy antics they get up to in that weird house where they all live together. Um, and just like the camaraderie in that group is like explained really quickly. And you see the relationships he had, his character has with everyone and just the way those guys are living life. And that's paired up with Catherine Heigl's character, Alison, who it's shown to be a very, very different sort of person. Like she's much more prim and proper. We see how organized she is as she's getting ready to go to work. She lives in this house with her sister and her husband and kids. And it's much more, much more of a normal like lifestyle. And she's obviously much more like career orientated and she's, she's got goals and uh, she's much more sensible. So that one just paints how different the two characters are while also explaining who they are. Uh, so I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up again because I like that it's juggling the two at once and it not only, like I said, tells you who each character is, but also it explains like why these two are probably fucking terrible for each other. Um, and you get these really fun looks at each other's lives. Like, I love the stuff with the entire group of friends. I fucking, I think it's so funny. Like, I was saying this to Ethan the other day that every time any of those guys are in a movie together, it fucking works. Like, even if it's just a few of them, because it's the same sort of bond in every single movie they do, and it always works. So I appreciated seeing that early on. And I like the, how quickly they play up the different dynamics between the two main characters. So that one was fairly straightforward for me, because I do like the 40-year-old virgin one. But yeah, like we said, the stuff where they repeat, oh, he's, he likes to collect things, so he's a fucking nerd. <laughs> like, apart from the, the stuff when he gets the shot, I just think like stuff like that feels so outdated now, because... I don't know when it was, but like geek culture is like something that really came to like, I think, I don't know if it's like the MCU and stuff, but that's not really looked at the same way anymore. Yeah, agreed. It's a little bit more like back in the day when collecting toys and whatever was seen as like literally the worst thing you could fucking do in the eyes of a woman kind of thing. Whereas now it's probably, it, I mean, I can't imagine it's the to the majority of women, it's like, oh, panty dropping but i i think it's a lot more accepted i think people are a lot more accepted. but i i feel like we're gonna butt heads a lot on this because i went 10-9 in favor of 40 old virgin purely because of that fucking a horse conversation at the beginning like i love all the stuff with andy like when he's playing in the gaming chair and all that kind of stuff and i think i'm a bit more accepting of that the outdated stuff because i'm a little bit older um yeah you and, are I can, thanks and i can see like the the funny side to it all um, because it's uh, unfortunately some sometimes a bit of a reflection the some 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 things these films reflect on me very very quickly and very easily um but no when he gets into work um and like the woman talks to him 
because she thinks he's a salesman and uh, somebody else jumps in. It just, just further accentuates just like how much of a, a loser this guy is. And then, but that conversation, it's just Steve Carell doing what Steve Carell does best, where it's his facial expressions and his like very, very small mannerisms that are instantly hilarious without having to say something like when he's listening to the story about the horse. And then when he starts talking, about the egg mayo sandwich, as if it's as exciting as watching a horse fucking show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would tend that. I like, I like not to, I just feel it's a bit more, I don't know, I don't want to say the word boring because it is still funny, but it's a little bit more boring compared to 40 Year Old Virgin. I will admit it does probably set up the two different characters a lot more in Knocked Up, but I just personally prefer the 40 Year Old Virgin one. You just like talking about women horses, though. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, we'll move on then to the endings, which <laughs> very different. Yeah, very yeah, different. very different. But the endings feel it feels like the, I mean, obviously, it's stupid to say this because most movies are the same, but it feels like the culmination of both stories. Like the entire plot of each movie has been leading up to these moments in a set, like you, an ending. Yeah. Yeah, but it's different. Do you know, like in most movies, like it, it's I don't know how to explain it, but it feels well, like a major event. Yeah, that's what so like ends. the 40 year old virgin ending is obviously Andy piping for the first time, which yeah. magical moment. Uh, the whole movie is about him needing to lose his virginity, and he eventually does at the end with his partner. Um, and the opposite, knocked up, the ending is Catherine Heigl's character Alison giving birth. Uh, after the whole movie's played like spent building up to throughout the pregnancy and we get to that final moment so that's what i mean you fucking piece of shit both movies build up these very specific events not you know every what? movie you know what? most of the time when we're recording i like lose my train of thought halfway through then i'll say something stupid i think this is probably the stupidest thing you've said an ending of the movie is the culmination event of everything leading up to it but it, it feels different because Oh shit! <laughs> it feels different because it's two very specific things that need to happen. Yeah. It's not just like they're getting together or that night because you don't really know what's going to happen. Like in most romantic comedies, like yeah, we know the guys are going to get together. How these are like, no, this guy needs to fucking pipe, and she's going to give birth, and then they do. That's <laughs> all it is. Uh, but I'm going to let you go first to this one because it's your turn, and I'm going to stop speaking. What I really found good about both of these endings is that they like they all culminated in like a big event. Do you know, I know the minute you said, you know what I think is really good. I was like, yeah, of course you'll be fucking going. So he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. Do you know what? I'm just happy it's not me for once. Um, I'm just glad I've discovered endings. <laughs> hey, good news for me. If this is the first time you've discovered an ending. Hey, she's made do so far. <laughs> um, I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up. It is like I do like the four-year-old virgin ending. Um, I was very, very tempted to go 10-10, but the four the four-year-old virgin ending is so strange. Like obviously it culminates in him finally admitting he's a virgin, which she's just perfectly okay with, which it's that's a nice like lift in off the chest of what the reaction is going to be. And we all kind of know that's how it was going to go in some way, shape or form. But it was nice that she was just immediately accepting. And then they still waited until they were married, which I thought was nice. Um, and then I like the line when, like he's put it in and she's like, there you go, you're officially not a virgin anymore. 
and like it was nice it was like a nice moment and then obviously they have the one minute sex and then the two hour sex and then she says like how it feels and then he turns the camera and starts fucking singing <laughs> age of aquarius and it turns into a big fucking dance number at the end with all the characters which is so fucking weird but really really good um i really really enjoyed it um but knocked up i think is much more fulfilling of an ending like as soon as she starts giving like <coughs> sorry like she can't get the doctor so there's a bit of a bit of conflict there like she can't get the original doctors you have to, you have to get um what's his name from the hangover ken Ch- chong is it young ken young i'll have a look um and like he comes in and he's always i mean he always put plays the, I know he was originally a doctor but when he whenever he comes in as a role as a doctor it always makes me laugh and then you've got um Adam oh, Scott Adam Scott from obviously Parks and Rec coming in uh as the douchey nurse like when she's fucking screaming and he says um Maybe we're tearing it down a bit. We might be scaring the other pregnant women. If she starts fucking screaming at him, absolutely fucking pissing myself laughing. Um, and like, I just, I, it's just more. So the only thing I don't like about the Doctor Pen is like they immediately seem to connect straight away afterwards. Like they're so happy immediately as if they've never broken up or had any conflict. But I think it's nice that we just kind of like leave it as we don't. Like over the credits, you kind of see their life together in little video clips, but you don't really, you don't really go past that taking the baby home kind of thing. Um, but the whole, like, can you see it? Can you see it? And then he shows the shows the mirror, and you can see like the baby coming out and his fucking his vexed stuff. And then the bit where like um, Jay uh, Burrishell's character goes in to see if he can help, and is immediately horrified. All the bits with um, what's his face, Jason Segel and fucking Jonah Hill, like sat there fucking freaking out in the hospital. Like it all just like works really, really well. Especially like with Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd's character in there. Same, like the little bit with um, Seth Rogen and Leslie Mann's characters, where he's like, "Back the fuck off! That's my room, whatever." Yeah. Which makes her finally go, I like him, which is really nice. I just think it's much more, much, much more satisfying than 40-year-old virgin. But I'm sure Steve Carell's character wouldn't say it's as satisfying. I bet he would say it's very satisfying. It is interesting because, like you said, we're probably going to put heads a lot on this. And it's, we've, you, we've done a complete switch again. You are? <laughs> is this the one you switched on? Yeah, I went, Fuck I'm going to turn that in favour of 40-year-old virgin because I love the creativity of that ending. Like, I like that, like you said, when he reveals she's a virgin, we don't immediately go, right, well, let's put a stop to that. They do wait until they're married, which they're not even engaged at that point. So I would like to know just how much longer they waited after that. Was he a 41-year-old virgin? Was he a 42-year-old virgin? I imagine it was very quick. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, and I like that. That I think it's such a, like, it's so funny that they did the, going to the romantic thing and then it was like one minute later and he was like is it, is it nice to see yourself up on screen Carl? <laughs> god if only <laughs> double my bet personal best um and then like how it shows that and then it comes back and it's like hours later and it's just like how it's come like he's he's that quickly just become this fucking sex demon and when she asks how it was and i think the decision to go with the song 
is genius. I think it's so funny. Um, I just think it's it was something that was so completely unexpected. Um, because I felt for me, I feel like that when she asked how it was, I felt like we'd have got like a maybe like one line from him or a word before the movie cut to an ending. But instead, yeah. we got into this big musical number, which I just think was really funny. And having like Seth Rogen's uh, character come back and like the way he was singing and stuff and Paul Rudd, I just think it was brilliant. Um, the knocked up ending, it's good, but I think it's a bit too long. Like I get. Labour's obviously long. But like, do you know where the bits where like she goes to labor and then we just spend 20 minutes with her sat in the back? We're not I can, just imagine uh like if Eleanor gets pregnant and you're like, this is taking a bit too long, Eleanor. Yeah, come like, on. come on now, real. Endings are supposed to have an ending. Yeah. So it's, we're it's not dragging it out. This is this is the middle, apparently, at this point. Dragging it out. Yeah. No, like, do you know the bits when like she's in the bath and he's on the phone to the guy that calls just like we could that we didn't need all of that. Uh no. I thought that was fucking hilarious when he when he says like uh, you're fucking playing crashes. Then he comes back in and he was like, I've I've left him a very strong message. It's just and also the stuff at the hospital. I think there's some really funny stuff there. Like it's Ken uh, Jeong, by the way, um, not Chong. But the stuff with him in the hospital is really funny when they have to revert to him and when he keeps like snapping at her and Seth Rogen's character says that her and her doctor had this thing planned for a really special moment. He says, if you want a special moment, go to a Jimmy Buffett concert. <laughs> like, I thought that was really funny. And the decision to actually show the crowning and the baby put out, I don't know what the full process was there. That is wild. Um, <laughs> but... I don't know. I think, like you said, I think it felt a bit too convenient the way they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give us another chance. Like, why? Why? It feels like you're just vulnerable at this point and you're not quite all there. And Seth Rogen's character's like, fuck it, I'm going with it. Yeah, I'll get back with you. Like, after being so adamant that she didn't think they were, once she's gone through birth and she's got these heightened emotions, she's like, eh, maybe we should. And he's like, fucking yeah. Like, because she realized, like, like he like there was that line of like you read the baby books and like the if that's baby, all it takes then fucking hell then yeah I'd be watching yeah, I'll be watching I'll be reading baby books I'll be watching baby TikToks <laughs> yeah and I post it now that's about it yeah I'd be watching Knocked Up yeah yeah that, that's a good one to be fair um, but yeah I just I felt it was a bit too long in certain areas and then that ending felt really convenient uh, I do like the bit the the decision to have like their lives play out over the credits though, but also show like clips of different characters, like the actors and actresses when they first had children. I thought that was a nice touch, but all in all, I just think the 40-year-old Virgin one was much more creative and it, it definitely got more of a laugh out of me. So I went with that. Um, we'll move on then to the best male lead because obviously these romantic comedies have got a main male character and kind of a main female character in 40-year-old Virgin, but definitely one in Not Talk. Um, so starting with the males then we've got Steve Carell in the uh, 40 year old version playing Andy the nerd who's never felt the touch of a woman <laughs> apart from when one tried to suck his toe and he volleyed her across the fucking bedroom I'm going to say it's not fully true but uh, yeah uh, so you've got him this nerd who is very content with life he's got all these toys and stuff that he's been collecting for years he lives alone Um he works in this shop as like it's probably like the lowest position. Everyone around him thinks he's fine, but kind of weird until they eventually get to know him and realize who he is. Like the fact he's this virgin and they take him under their wing, and we just get to see this character who 
there's some there's some dodgy moments, but well, for, for the most part, he's just this good guy who um, isn't really that bothered. I think that's one of the main bits. He isn't really that bothered about losing his virginity. The way the other characters are forcing on him, he's just happy to take his time. Yeah. Um, and he obviously eventually gets the girl by selling all of his toys, which is a bit weird. Apart from the one yeah. that he kept. It ain't happening. These are staying. Um, and you compare that to Knocked Up, where you've got Seth Rogen's character, Ben, who is Seth Rogen's character in everything. The stoner who lives this carefree lifestyle of his friends, but is forced to grow up as the movie goes on because he's going to be a parent. Um, very, very simple. It's, it's nothing we haven't seen before from Seth Rogen. So I went 10-9 in favour of Steve Carell because there are some moments where I think it's a bit dodgy. Uh, the moment with Leslie Mann's character is clearly very drunk and he reveals he's not been drinking. Like, dude, that's probably like classed as assault if you actually went back and did anything with that woman. He's um, fucking, I think that's the point. He's a bit fucking clueless. Like, he's been pushed by... I think, obviously, film the both films are a bit slam of the times in, in some areas. But, like... It's, I don't think it, like, obviously, like, conversation has always been a thing, but it was less like, obviously, all your friends are pushing you to just get it over and done with. And it's like the whole, like, they're pushing him to, like, just take a drunk girl home kind of thing. And, like, he's fucking clueless. He's not got a clue. Yeah. But I do like the way his character progresses in the sense that he gets more confident. And, like, the way he interacts with, like, Elizabeth Banks is just so funny. Like, the way he says the bare minimum and it seems to work. Um, yeah. All of his interactions with, Trish, his love interest, and the way like he interacts with her kids as well, the magic tricks, and the way he stands up for her daughter when they go to that meeting and he reveals that he's a virgin to get people off her back. Like, yeah, I just I like, think I like that uh, moment where he was like, I was just messing about, I was just like trying to make sure she was like, No, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, she just knows she probably knew the minute she met him when he pulled out the fake ear bit. She's probably like, This guy's never fucking had sex in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice, and I think, like I said, his character just it. They both characters go through like this growth, but I just think his character, it, he feels more genuine. Whereas I feel like Seth Rogen's character is probably going to revert to his old ways pretty quickly. Uh, I can't lie. Like, he doesn't really, he read some books and he fucking moved on. That's about all he did. Like, he changed his shirts. But for the most part, I just think his character, there's, there's a lot more chance that we you'd go, you'd revisit and he'd be the exact same person he was at the start. Whereas I think Andy, it's probably actually changed for the better and for like a more sustained period. So I went 10-9 in favour of him, which is a shame because I think Seth Rogen's character is fucking brilliant. Yeah, Seth Rogen's character is brilliant, but I went 10-9 in favour of Andy as well, just because he's he's such a better character. He's just all in all just a better character. Like Ben's funny, but like there's moments like like poor Rudd's the only one that's ever in his corner in terms of that family. And like He's even a fucking dick to him. Like when he comes, when he comes out of the birthday on his fucking kid's birthday, and is like, um, she broke up with me because you're such a shitty husband. And he just walks out and goes, starts singing happy birthday. Still makes me pissed. But it's such like a dick move. And like all the way through, is a he just like turned into a little uh, like he, he, it's just a bit of a fucking whiny bitch. I think we use that term to describe a lot of people when we're doing podcasts, doing this podcast, but. And outside of the podcast. Um, yeah. You say you saw Bernie the other day. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Speaking of which. And, like, even when, um, like, they go to the, the baby scanner and they have that argument and it's, like, immediately everything's fucking put on her and he's, like, 
obviously she's pregnant and emotional at this fucking appointment and he's, he's laying into her. And so he's, he's not 100% as like, he's, there's moments where you just don't like him. Like even as funny as he is, there's moments where you just don't like him. But I think the earthquake when he runs out with a bong and leaves her in bed, it's yeah. pretty fucking dodgy that. And then he says he forgets that she, he forgot that she was there. Like it, it, all the stuff he does kind of paints that they sh- like shouldn't end up together. It's like that's the story that should be told a bit more realistic. But I think they kind of copped out at the end by actually um, having them be together, which I know is like kind of kind of point to my last scoring, um, but. Um, as a character, like she probably would have done better. Whereas Andy's just likable. Even the more you learn about him, and the more you learn how fucking stupid he is, how naive he is, um, how he'll kind of just go along with anything um, until he freaks out about stuff. He's like he's much more likable. Um, like you say, the the stuff with the kids, like he's immediately like just. He's in like compared to his friends, who's one's a stalker, one's a cheater, one's Seth Rogen playing a stoner character. Um, though, even I mean, even Seth Rogen, like when Elizabeth Banks characters in the bath, he just walks in and takes his top off, like just just joins in. Um, it's like, just fine with it, apparently. Like, and all these people are saying, "You've got to do this. You've got to do this. You've got to do this." And it's obviously they're promoting the. The not the bad side. I wouldn't say the bad side of sex, but like the the shallow side of sex. Whereas Andy wants something. He's happy with nothing, but when he want, if he wants it, he wants more. He wants. He doesn't just want sex. He wants the the emotion that comes with it. And he, he's just a he's just an all round better. And yeah, just an all round better character and fucking hilarious too. Yeah, I think the decision to have him go back with Elizabeth Banks and then say he couldn't do it because of his feelings for Trish. Just to, I think that solidifies like he is just a good guy and he's more interested in finding love than he is losing his virginity, which I think helps make that character even better. Whereas some of the Seth Rogen stuff in Knocked Up is pretty bad. Like I know it's little things, but when whenever they meet people, and he's so quick to tell people how they lost their virginity. I mean, not lost to how they got pregnant. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, I have some fucking social skills. Like, don't just be blurting. Like, telling the kids, the little kids, like, oh, I've got some news. She's pregnant. Like, what the fuck? You don't just do that yeah. to children like that. Uh, yeah. And also, the stuff with the condom, the mix-up, yeah. right? I noticed this. He, obviously, she says, just do it, and he thinks she means, just fuck it, get rid of it, and we'll just do it anyway. For me, it seems pretty clear she means just get it on. Like, yeah, and he doesn't get that. But then in the morning, he's like, "Did we have sex?" And she says, "Yeah." And then later on in the movie, he recalls exactly the conversation they had when she told him about the condom. So how did he not remember they had sex, but he remembered the conversation? Fair point. Very shady. Yeah, he is. I think he just wanted to get his end away, and he doesn't like wearing that sort of stuff. Um, that and I think, I think having a load of toys in your apartment and like your gaming chair and the drum set and an Asia poster and. <laughs> All that kind of stuff is not as bad of a look as your job being sitting around watching films with your friends, logging when women get the tits out and then making that online. Yeah, as your job that doesn't pay any money. Yeah, it's a fucking hobby, not a job. But I do love the moment when I mean it'll be I'll tax I'll say that for best sports later because it fucking kills me. Um, but yeah, so we both agree then Andy was a much better character than Ben, which hurts because Seth Rogen's great but also moving on to the female leads it's like Seth Rogen's character just 
did had no business being anywhere near that relationship because in the female leads you've got uh Catherine Heigl as Allison in Knocked Up, who is stunning. She is right. absolutely stunning. And in um oh wait, I've just forgotten her name. She plays Trish. I can't remember the actress's name now. Let me double check. But in it's different because for your version, she's not really a main character. It's not your traditional rom-com in the sense that you've got the male and the female lead. She's just a character that the main character meets um not halfway through the movie, but a portion into the movie and their relationship plays in the background. But in that you've it, she's called Catherine Keener as Trish. She obviously went and did get out as the creepy mum uh years later. So yeah, you've got her in that. She's the the single mother with three children. Uh she's a grandmother, despite the fact we never meet the oldest child or the grandchild. You see her at the end at the wedding, like Dear. but you never actually meet them. No. Uh she also I was like, I remember watching that film for the first time, and I think it every time because I forget that the child's not in it. I was hundred percent expecting like it to be um, the oldest daughter to be Elizabeth Banks. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure the age gap would have worked. I don't know how many years there were between those two women, but that would have been interesting. Yeah, that that would have been fun. That would have been that been like a, a nice little twist, but. Oh, I, was, I was literally just about to say it would be like in a film we're about to watch. Uh, but yeah, I'm... I already know that twist. Don't worry, yeah. that's been spoiled for me because I almost said it myself. Um, but yeah, that's been spoiled for me, unfortunately. But we'll get to that soon. Um, but yeah, she she owns this this really confusing store where mm-hmm. she sells things on eBay, but she's got a store for it where she, which doesn't make any sense and she they poke fun at that through the movie and she doesn't know why she's got it herself but she's just a really decent character she's a she's this mum who is just looking for love and she embraces andy there's never a moment where she judges him for his stuff like even when he sells his like toys and stuff she doesn't like she, she never suggests it maliciously or because it makes him look uncool she just thinks the money he'd get would help him so it's not like she ever thinks he needs to get rid of them for those reasons it's just financial gain um and you compare that to Catherine Heigl's char- uh, character Alison in Not Up the TV I don't mean, I don't know her, her original role um she works behind the camera um and eventually becomes an interviewer on camera um she's a very sensible human being she lives with her sister and a partner she spends most of the movie pregnant so we get those like moments where her hormones and emotions are running at the highest they probably ever possibly could and we see like several scenes where that comes to a point and she loses her call um and we just see her like try to deal with seth rogan's character which all the power to you like that must be fucking some serious effort um what it's like can we get eleanor on camera for a second (laughs) She's not here, unfortunately. I'm sure she meant to yeah, fucking run It was like to be Trish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got the two. Um, but yeah, so how did you score that then? Uh, I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up um, because Alison's just a much more rounded character. Um, literally, she's pregnant. <laughs> uh, terrible joke. You, you didn't even give me the pity laugh then. You just gave me the nod of the head. That's how I know that. I just that was... like, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> let's not spend more time on it and then i spend more time on it um she's just a well like a well-rounded character i, I love trish because she's like she's got her own like fucking hillet like when she's fucking screaming with uh cat denning's character um when she's like uh we haven't had sex in the 
like the proper screaming back and forth, like, oh my god, you liar and stuff. And like when she walks in, um, and like they're in bed and all the condoms are on the floor and they fucking screaming. Like just all the things with the kids, I think, fucking hilarious. The eBay shop stuff is 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 funny. Um, the when the, she calls up and it's like, yeah, it'll be difficult because I'm on a bike, and she was like, and she started going on about how she loves her motorbike, and I, she used to see a guy with a motorbike, he's like, no bike, bicycle, bicycle, and it's still fucking funny. Um, but Alison, yeah, much much more well rounded character. Um, I like all the bits of it. I like, and I get, I do get Catherine Heigl's complaints because she does come off as quite like sharp and I don't want to say bitchy, but kind of throughout the film because it's kind of painted that she's not being like understanding or she's pushing Seth Rogen's character away when it's 100% justified all the time but like all the dialogue and like the way it's kind of filmed and edited it makes it it makes it seem like um she's supposed to be the bad guy but really she's not and everything she does like I say is is justified um but yeah, I went ten nine in favour of Alison. She's a much she's a much better character than uh, Trish. I think she's I think she's uh, very very likable. Yeah, I think the like you said, the issue with Trish is she just doesn't have as much to do because it's not her movie; it's yeah. Andy's movie. Whereas Alison is joint billing. She's one of the two main characters in Not Talk. So I went ten nine in favour of her as well because she has more to do, um, and we see that sort of like. The, the way her character changes throughout, like obviously at the beginning, she's this very career-driven uh, woman who gets the promotion at work. And when she goes out she to celebrate, she meets that bum. She just needs to tighten. She just needs to step tighten. on the scales, yeah. see how much she weighs, take 20 pounds off and wear that. <laughs> so much. And Kristen, Kristen Wiig as well, but we'll get to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she we see her character change and like the stuff with the pregnancy. And I, I I see where she's coming from in the sense that there are moments where it paints her as like the negative one and the, the bad guy. Like the stuff in the car when she's shouting him to get out. Um, and he's like trying to talk and she's like, fuck off, get out of my car and stuff. Like, but she's pregnant. Like emotions and stuff are meant to run high those, those times. And also the guy's a fucking idiot. Like he keeps a sword in his bedroom. I think, yeah. I think uh, I think if that film was released now, the Seth Rogen character, the, the ending wouldn't have had them end up together. No. Seth Rogen, it, the film wouldn't be, because I feel like the film's about Seth Rogen. Do you know, if they make if they make that film now, she ends up with Adam Scott's character. <laughs> Probably. Because he was, like, flirting in that hospital bit. I ain't being funny. There was some flirting going on there. Well, Craig Robinson. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, if they made the film now, she would be the main character, not Seth Rogen. And it would be, it would be more pointed out that Seth Rogen's character is not suited for it. And... I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame because everything that there's nothing in that film that is justified to paint her as a bad guy. Like everything she does is very, very justified. And she, I mean, she's funny as well. And like obviously, but when you compare, when you put in the same cast as Paul Rudd, Leslie Mann, um, you know, Jay, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill, um, Jason C. Like when you put in a cast of pure, like Craig Roberts, four pure comedians. And then she's not really. It also makes her out as if she's not as funny, but she's got some like genuinely funny moments as well. So yeah, I, I went. Um, 
to my favourite hooker. I just think, hey, yeah, I agree. She bit treated a bit unfairly in that one, but also again, massively justified and absolutely like her screaming at him to get out. I yeah, I would imagine that if I was being the same way, I would get treated the same way. So also, she's so she's far too good for him. Yeah, like she is. Stunning, and Seth Rogen's a weed bum that has no money. Like, what the fuck is happening? I feel like they try to bring her down to his level by saying, "Oh, she's living with her." Like, there's that one line with Paul Rudd where she said, "Like, she's got a promotion." He's like, "Oh, does that mean you can get your own place now?" And they're like, "No." And I feel like they're trying to bring her down to his level by saying, "Oh, they live. She's living in her sister's house with her," and it's like that's that's nowhere near as bad. That's not yeah. even close. Bad. It's not as bad as a guy that does fuck all and thinks he's gonna like make nine hundred dollars last two years. <laughs> like his character's just a bum and she deserved far better so like, um, like having it be like she's a bitch for wanting him to read baby books or not wanting to accept a £1,200 cot out of charity like no I fully understand all that kind of stuff I mean yeah. in, in the cot thing in Seth Rogen I would be in Seth, I'd be like yeah let's fucking take it thank you very much but yeah I would it's not it's not also like she's I feel like she's yeah she's right she's constantly being painted as the as the the challenging force rather than like the reasonable one so yeah yeah, yeah we agree on that then she's she deserved better than Seth Rogen and she had more to do than Trish so we're, we're team Alison here uh, we'll move on then to the rest of the cast then the supporting cast because both movies have got some pretty yeah. impressive supporting casts this one this one was hard this yeah. one was- so starting with 40-year-old Virgin then. And you'll notice here that obviously there's a lot of character, there's a lot of actors and cast members that cross over. So in 40-year-old Virgin, you've obviously got uh Seth Rogan, you've got Paul Rudd, you've got Cat Cat is it Cat Dennings or Jennings? Cat Dennings. Dennings, yeah, you've got her, you've got uh um Elizabeth Banks, you've got Romany DeMalco, I think his name is, who no, Romany Malco, that's it. Just that. Who plays Jay, who I've never seen anything else. And it felt like he was he should be like a big movie star with his performance in this. Like I think he has I such a big like role. He should, yeah, he should be like in that poor Rudd, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen circle, the like with Will Ferrell and, and all that. I feel like he hundred percent deserved to be up there. Yeah. You've obviously got Jane Lynch as well. Um Brilliant. you've just got this this huge cast of like very noticeable names, and a lot of them it was before they became big names. And because it's they're both Judd Apatow movies, some of those guys carry over, like in not top obviously it stars Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd comes back. Um, but the cast it just it just goes on and on from there. You've obviously got a lot of the guys that Seth Rogen became synonymous with, like um Martin Starr, Jay Baruchel, Jonah Hill, Jason Siegel. Um, you've got Paul Rudd again, you've got Leslie Mann. Um, you've got the kids. Yeah, you've got the uh, the Apatow children. One of them is it Maud Apatow? Is that quite a big actress now as well, isn't she? Yeah. She's that like euphoria. Um, yeah. yeah, both movies just have these incredible deep casts, and even in like um, later on, you've got like Ken Jeong in Knocked Up as well, who comes in. Adam Scott. I don't know if he even counts as a support character or a cameo because he's only in like one scene. In my cameo bracket. <laughs> you did. Yeah. Okay, we'll leave him for her then. But even still, both movies have just got these in stacked cast. But I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up because 
I love that group of guys. It, to me, oh, okay, okay, because I'd never seen this before. This felt like the spiritual prequel to This Is the End. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. they're also playing. They've all got their own names apart from Seth Rogen. Everyone's got their own name, like Jay, Jonah, Martin. I know, when I was writing my notes, I was like, I did all the For Your Virgin ones. And I literally said to Grace, I didn't realise that they've all just... I, how have I never realised in the film? And I think it's because I've seen This Is The End and they just keep calling each other by the name. It just something in my brain just didn't click. Yeah, it was like... Um, so when they called him Jonah, and I was like, oh. And then it was Jason. I was like, oh, shit. And like, <laughs> that's when I like clicked. But just those guys are always just gold whenever they're together like this is the end is one of my favorite comedies ever and this was those guys doing it just several years earlier when they were all first making a name for themselves like this is jonah hill right before super bad but he's fucking awesome like he's so so funny everything those guys do like the martin star character which one of my favorite things in the movies where they set up something which will follow through like setting up the bet at the beginning that like, watching his beard just progressively grow and all the comments that they throw towards him throughout it's just brilliant. Jason Siegel, I think, was absolutely, like, so funny. Like, the stuff with Leslie Mann, I thought was fantastic. And seeing him in this made me wish he was in This Is The End More, because obviously he plays a minor role in that. This made me want to see him as a part of that group um, that stays in the house. Like, he's fucking so good. Like, he deserved more. And obviously, forgetting Sarah Marshall, I love. But I just wish he had more, like, of these sorts of movies under his belt, because I think Jason Siegel's so underrated. Um I loved how I met your mother when I was younger, if you can tell. Marshall was great. Um, but yeah, those guys were all fantastic. I think Paul Rudd was brilliant. Like his interactions with Seth Rogen when they were talking about uh, how much they love each other and they said you should get a DeLorean and go, fuck, and he's like, who needs a time machine? <laughs> like, I think those moments were great. When they went to Vegas together, it was great. Leslie Mann's character was hot, obviously, because Leslie Mann is absolutely outrageous. There were moments where I thought she was a bit of an ass. Um, the stuff when she finds out he's been doing fantasy baseball and she's making out like it's worse than cheating like what's going on there like the guy just goes spend time with his friends it says a lot about their relationship that he has to lie to go chill with his friends um because it's leslie man i like the bit when he was like i went to the movie theater by myself it was great she was like what did you watch the spider-man through i like spider-man you fucking wouldn't like spider-man through um i think yeah i feel like we had to put that in there because james franco was in the movie yeah he he, uh did her a favor by going to watch that alone to be fair because spider-man 3 sucked (laughs) um but yeah i think because of the guys in Knocked Up, like, I, I mean, I love the whole friendship in 40-year-old version. I love um, Romany Marcos, Jay. I love Seth Rogen, of playing Seth Rogen again. Paul Rudd is the nutcase. And what's, Seth uh, Rogen, what's Seth Rogen's character's name? In that, I couldn't even tell you. It's Cal. Is it? <laughs> I don't even remember his name's mine. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's just Seth, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen in everything he does. Like, I could probably name two Seth Rogen characters ever. No, one. Ben. I don't think I can name him in anything else. Pumba. Well, yeah, he did Lion King, didn't he? I forgot about that. I never watched that live action one. I couldn't even remember his name in The Fablemans, and I've, I watched that recently. And I've watched that twice now. Can't remember his name. Um, but, yeah, he's great in everything, to be fair. Uh, Elizabeth Banks is fantastic as, like, the sex-crazed woman. Jane Lynch is the boss who's kind of into Andy. is so funny. Um, and Cat... Kat- is, like, a, 
uh, fuck buddies and starts talking about that or that. Yeah. Fucking... It's actually said something like, I'll be discreet. I can be discreet, but I'll haunt you in your dreams. It's like, fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> um, she's great in the limited stuff she does. Um, obviously, I can't remember his name, but the old the old man that works with them, who is at the poker night and kicks off at Andy, and then when Andy gets promoted and he like swears at him and he's like beefing about it, he's great. Um, yeah, it's a good cast, but like I said, I just think those guys in Knocked Up, being those guys, there's not many like groups of friends in a movie that I will pick over that. Like that wins every time for me. I just think those guys together. The one-liners that they come out, because it's all improv, like the way they bounce off each other, I just think it's it's fucking top-notch. So I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up. I fucking love Paul Rudd in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Like, there's nothing better in a film than by telling... If you tell me Paul Rudd is in the film, it's, I will immediately watch it, fucking no matter how shit it looks. I, I watched... Oh, what the fuck's it called? Where he hires... Oh, fucking hell. That's going to really piss me off. He hires, he hires what? He hires... Uh, well, he, it's like a bet and they've got to bring the, the worst person to a dinner party and he brings... Um, I want to call it, why, why am I blanking on Michael Scott's name? And it's a fucking lead character in this film. Oh, Steve Carell. And he brings Steve Carell. What's it fucking Is it called? Dinner with the Smokes or something? Oh, Dinner with... Yes, Dinner with... Ah! It's oh. something like that. Dinner with like the Smokes or something like that, I think. That's the terrible... That's terrible. Um, film, uh, but he makes it fucking brilliant. Like anything he's in, dinner for smokes, yeah. He ma- uh, and he makes it fucking fantastic. So I'm and in four year old virgin, he is phenomenal. Like when they when he brings around the box of porn, um, and he's like, "This is my boner jams." <laughs> like all the best boner scenes in every film. And, it's the mixtape of all three that he makes that fucking kills me. Yeah, um, and when they obviously sat in the like the game of chairs playing and he's like, do you know, like the whole, do you know how I know your game bit? Like fucking brilliant. Uh, the fact that he's wearing a t-shirt with his own face, it's got a fun story behind it. Uh, that's brilliant. Um, just everything, like when they were all talking about like having sex and one's talking about like doing it like dirty and the other talks about doing it like with like his affair and the, and the poor Rudd comes around and he's like, when like two souls, like <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, it's fucking brilliant. And then when they obviously find out it's Mindy Kaling, he does all that. Um, I think all the cast of 40-year-old virgin is great. I reiterate what I said. I think Romani Malco should have, he should be a big player with that that group. I expect it, I kind of expect him to be in all the films of Will Ferrell. So I don't know really kind of where and when, but he was pretty great in that. And you say Seth Rogan's Seth Rogan in everything. Um, but they, when they're trying to invite Andy to poker and he's like, um, I don't want to end up a lampshade in some creepy guy's apartment or something like that. <laughs> fucking, fucking bro. And I like Kat Denning's character. I think I think she's great. But yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up, but not for, the, not for the group of friends because of this is my favourite Paul Rudd character. Like in this, in this well, in This Is 40, that's my favourite Paul Rudd character. But, is it not Ant-Man and Quantumania? I love Ant-Man purely because of Paul Rudd, <laughs> but not Quantumania. The, the outstanding moment of Quantumania, as we all know, is Modoc. Um, fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, but in This Is 40, it's my, it's my favourite Paul Rudd character. And seeing like 
the earliest versions of that is is brilliant. Like when that, and I mean all of the cast, you know, Debbie Leslie Mann's character, all of the all of the lads, just consistently funny. And like I said, right, we were talking about story. I feel like this story was made for moments where people could just improvise and like have you could get laughs out of it. I think every single member of cast use that to have and the fucking scene when they're talking about sex offenders in the neighborhood um fucking brilliant um like how she's like dead concerned he just doesn't give a fuck like you can clearly tell he doesn't care um the whole like i say the whole scene when he gets caught out che- cheating um and he's just sat there looking dead like dead happy or whatever yeah. the bit where <laughs> the bit where seth rogan lays into him about being a shitty dad it just goes out and happy birthday uh, and when they go to Vegas but like, every single character is fantastic Leslie Mann's character is fucking brilliant when she goes off at Craig Robinson and he's like I would I would tap that and she's like you can see like how happy she is about it but like, everything she does is fucking hilarious too um, I never think that she's annoying she, she can do no wrong there's a film where that she's in where I think it's her Cameron Diaz and somebody else I can't remember was it like the 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 other man or the other woman or something? Something like that. Well, all, all three women feel that like find out they've been having an affair with the same guy. Yeah, brilliant in that as well. Hot, um, but yeah, uh, not top cast. Just had like not. It's they've got the same kind of caliber of comedians, but they just use their time much better in not top. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I just think. Some of the stuff they do, and because it's so clearly all improv as well, it just, I think it enhances it for me. Like the, the lines that they all just come out with, the, the most random moments, it's just fucking great. Um, and while they've all, they've both got like these really deep casts, they've also just got cameos, like one scenes of some of the biggest fucking names in the world, like years later. Like a lot of these were before they became huge, but nowadays watching them, it's hard to like, not discussed just how like crazy it is that some of these people showed up for one scene and then bounced. So the next category we got is obviously cameos, which we don't do too often, but these two movies have got quite a few in both. So we'll just run through them now. You've obviously got in 40-year-old Virgin, you've got Mindy Carlin coming in as Paul Rudd's ex that he talks about all the time and then accidentally runs into it, that speed dating thing. I think this might be one of her first ever roles, but obviously she became huge later on. And she was great in the limited stuff she had when she's calling him like a psycho and he's obsessed. Like, And then she has the interaction with um, Carl, Seth Rogen's character. And uh, he's like kicking off it and she's like, he's fucking nuts. And she said that so too. He's like, well, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> like, like it when Paul Rudd's talking about like when, they, like when they had sex and she's like, please don't talk about the times you made love. <laughs> about the times we made love yeah she's great uh i'm counting leslie mann as a as a cameo in 40 year version because she comes in for just those like two scenes where he meets her in the bar she's just, just hammered and then they get in the car and they're driving back and she starts talking to him like shit like the the bit where she's like blow into this for me and he's he's like <laughs> and like yeah the court told me i needed to fucking brilliant yeah that stuff's so funny uh and when he she crashes the car and he get like grabs the scene which is like get your hands off the wheel it's like this ain't the way to get in my pants <laughs> like she's just really class and then she throws up on his face which is just never not going to be funny like that shit always makes me laugh uh you've got kevin hart showing up for one scene in the text though which is crazy now anything that he says yeah we can't repeat <laughs> that conversation because that is just a lot of uh racial expletives between himself and romy Mar- romany marco's character jay 
Um, and those two are just arguing. Although I do love it when Jay like speaks to him and he's like, you've just said a lot of words that I don't understand, so I'm gonna take that as disrespect. <laughs> like that's that's funny. Um, you've got I don't Very... really know the actress, but you've got that it's more Collins playing Gina, <laughs> the woman in the speed date, where she's like I've never, no, no. It's been a while since I've been, I've been with the women. Like she had like two lines and it fucking killed me. And also oh, name like very he's got like very soft, uh, soft jaw lines, so it wouldn't be that much of a stretch. <laughs> it's just like saying like the name Gina. Instead of Gina, it's Gina, obviously. It's fucking so childish, but I loved it anyway. Um yeah, those guys were all great. You got very early Juna Hill as well. Oh shit, yeah, I forgot Jonah. Yeah, when he's trying to buy the sparkly shoes in the shop and she says he's got to buy them online, he's like, I just want to take these home and wear them. You've got uh, David Kirchner from who plays um, the weatherman in, the sports guy in Anchorman, who's in all of Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. At the Planned Parenthood. But also you've got Nancy Carell, Steve Carell's wife, who's the the woman leading that um Plan Parenthood group as well. Brilliant. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realise yeah. that. Uh, you've also got, um, this is only for wrestling fans, but um, Kimberly Page, who was Diamond Dallas Page's wife and featured regularly in WCW, is the woman at the speed dating whose titty keeps falling out. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. She's called Kimberly Page. She's one of the WCW Nitro girls and she was Diamond Dallas Page, DDP's wife for a long time in real life. Uh, and she just showed up, which I just thought, what the fuck's going on here? Because obviously I remember her from wrestling. Um, is David Custer the guy that, whose son says he likes intercourse? And he's like, he does. Yeah, I think Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because yeah. they're talking about the different things. Like, was it like out of course? And this was like, nah, it's like intercourse. He's like, oh, that he does. Like, it's so fucking weird. I, I don't know if the guy and the kid are in anything else, but the ginger kid... Yeah. Who, um, say like, I tap that, and he's like, you tap that, you tap that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you go. We've been to the temple. <laughs> it's like so funny. Yeah, that stuff's great. Um, but then in knocked up, it's like you take those cameos and you times it by ten, just for the numerous fucking big stars that show up in that movie. Like, like we've already mentioned, Craig T. Robinson shows up as the doorman. Um, and an absolute fucking brilliant performance, Kristen yeah. Wiig. Kristen uh, Wiig and Alan Tudyk, yeah. Uh, Bill Hader's there for just a moment. Yeah, like, there's like a couple of scenes where he f- figures out she's pregnant and tells people, which is just fantastic. He's awesome. Um, how old Ramis? Yeah, I know. He looks very fucking different. I didn't recognise him. Yeah, very, I had very no good. idea that was Harold Ramis at first. But he's great in that he's one really scene. Weird when he pops up in a film and he's just not Egon. I can't, I know it's like very typecast, but I can't see him as anything else. Yeah, he's great though, as uh, Ben's dad. And the moment he talks about it, he's like, if it grows out the ground, it's probably all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's good. Um, yeah, Adam Scott, like we said, he's like, I've been divorced twice. Why are you asking me for advice or something like that? <laughs> yeah, he's fucking brilliant. And when he says the best thing ever happened was you, and then Ben's <laughs> like, oh, now I just feel bad for you. Yeah, <laughs> that's just fucking awesome. Um, even oh. like you go to when she's interacting with the celebrities, like you got James Franco playing himself, Steve Carell playing himself, Ryan Seacrest comes in and just fucking lights it up for like two minutes. He was brilliant. Like, I've never seen him act in anything, I only know him as like the guy that did American Idol. But when he's talking about Jessica Simpson, he's like, I might see if she can, I might give her a map and tell her to point to Korea. <laughs> like, he was really fucking funny for like two minutes. Um, but yeah, it's just. 
the cast is just absurd and all these different cameos are people that some of them didn't mean as much then but went on to become huge like one year after this Adam Scott's in Step Brothers as Derek and it's like holy shit this guy's insane uh, Ken Ken Jeong does the hangover one year after this. It's like it's the oh, same really? with um Forty Year Old Version though. It's people that eventually became views. Like Mindy Carlin obviously was starting off. Jonah Hill had just started off. So it's like both films have these cameos and Kevin Hart especially. But both films have these cameos of actors that went on to become such big deals and they got them just before. And it makes it so much more fun to watch just seeing people come in like uh, Doug Judy from Brooklyn Nine Nine coming in as the fucking doorman just telling. Leslie Mann that she can't come in because she's old. I like that um, that BJ Novak's in Knocked Up as well as like one of the gynecologists, um, Ryan from the office, and it's it's just fucking Ryan from the office. Like they both stood, they both stood there as he's inspecting her, and he's, he's like, "So are you, so you're not together, so you're single." <laughs> fucking yeah. brilliant. Yeah, they just it's just insane. Um, so how did you score that then for the cameras? Oh, yeah, we've not fucking not scored it yet. No, we haven't. We just ran through and talked about how great they are. I mean, I think it's pretty fucking obvious that Knocked Up has got the better, like, cast of characters. So I went 10-9 in, in favour of Knocked Up, just because, like, I feel like 40-Year-Old Virgin's got a lot, like, earlier ones. Um, my favourite of all being the Kevin Hart bit, which, again, can't repeat any of it. That won't be coming in quotes. <laughs> that will not be coming in quotes, no. Um, but the a fucking stand and that that's weird because Kevin Hart kind of is like in that and he's got a great moment in the film and then he kind of disappears for a, a fair bit and then comes back massive so that's really good but yeah Knocked Up has just got a, a stellar a stellar cast of loads of people obviously Harold Ramis will always kind of swing it um, because of that Bill Hader constantly like um, when he's doing the Jabba the Hutt uh, dying impression um, you got the Steve Crow, you got all the all the stuff on the red carpet. So you've got um, oh, it's what's the name? Ryan Gosling's wife, Jessica Alba. It's what's Ryan Gosling's wife? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's going to sound really bad, but uh, they were in Ghost Rider, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> I am a fucking clue. It's been a long time since I watched that show. Right. Why am I terrible at remembering people's names? Isn't yeah. it the girl that did? Fantastic Four. No, that's just Crowder. That's what I just said. She's also in it though, because she's the one yeah. that touches the pregnant baby when she's pregnant on the red carpet, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so Jessica Crowder is in it. That's why I got confused. She's Remember. the one on the red carpet where she's like touching her baby, like touching the belly, seeing how far gone she is. Yeah, obviously not really a fan of James Franco, but when she fucking goes off to throw up, like his face reaction is fucking brilliant. Um, like you say, you've got like Alan Tudyk, who I absolutely fucking love, and Kristen Wiig fucking hilarious and absolutely yeah. like there's never a moment where she's not funny in anything it's the, the moments where she's talking about like when they say no oh, i can't believe it and she's like no nah, never could i <laughs> like she's so like bitchy I, with her comments no i think we should be friends but like you could tell that she doesn't really want to be yeah yeah, yeah christian week's fantastic the quote you said earlier like when she's like, step on the scales and take 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 20. <laughs> yeah, she's like, write down how much you weigh, take 20 off, and then wear that. <laughs> <laughs> the cast like, is just insane. The cameos are awesome. Like, I think that the Craig Robinson bit is fucking hilarious. That's, a, that's another standout moment in the film. And just every, I mean, I mean, technically, you've got the whole Cirque du Soleil cast in there as well um, at that yeah. time. Um, yeah, I just think overall, they're not talk. 
cameos and cast do more with limited time than what they do in 40-year-old version outside of Kevin Hart. Yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Knocked Up as well because while I think 40-year-old version has got three or four really, really good cameos, I think the sheer number of like noticeable names that show up in Knocked Up, it's impossible not to score in its favour. Like Kevin Hart and Jonah Hill and Leslie Mann do a lot with what they've got in uh, 40 or Virgin, but then when you compare it to just how many like people show up in Not Up, like it's it doesn't come close. Like Harold Ramis is so funny in that one scene when he's talking to his son and he's like, like he says, and he's like, oh yeah, uh, if it if it grows out the ground, it's probably safe to smoke and stuff. Um, he's brilliant. I think Ryan Seacrest, I've already said, I think was absolutely fantastic. Like just the way he was chatting shit about Jessica Simpson and stuff. Like, it was so funny. Um, all the celebrities, like Steve Carell, like, being freaked out by her when she's, like, trying to give her an interview and he's walking away. Like, that was really good. Um, and at that point, Steve Carell was a big name. Like a dick. Yeah, yeah, did, yeah. Um, but, yeah, also, like like you said, the Doctors, uh, Kristen Wiig is insane um, in those moments. So I appreciate that. And Craig, Craig T. Robinson stuff where he's telling her how old she was and how... Um, he lets the other women through right in front of her face and she starts kicking off. I just thought it's brilliant. So yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Knots as well. I don't think there's many films where I can think of where there are just quite as many just like huge cameos as there is in that movie. Like it just seems like every couple of minutes it's like, oh shit, I know that guy. Yeah. The bit when Craig Robinson's like, um, the only time I'll add like 5% black people in. He's like, I've got to, I've got to hope a quarter midget comes in. <laughs> yeah, like there's 25 people in there. I've got one and a half black people <laughs> And it's just yeah. where he's like, I hate being on the door and telling him who can't. He really gets all emotional to it. He's like, I hate being the one to do this. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. Um, we probably should have covered this earlier, but we, we skipped it with the supporting cast and the cameos. But we'll talk about the best couple now. Because obviously, as we said last week, every rom-com is about a man and a woman. Or a man and a man on a woman and a woman. But in this case, a man and a woman. Um, that was a very quick save. But yeah, who are you showing your true colors? <laughs> Fuck off. Who fall in love? Um, two people. No, hey, I'm all inclusive. Um, I sound like a fucking holiday. I thought that's not all inclusive. Fucking hell. Before we started, you were wearing a red hat that said Make America Great Again, and I told you to take it off. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, the thing is, that wouldn't make sense to wear in England, would it? No, I wouldn't. You don't, people, Do you know what? If you, England would be miles better, though, because that would be mega. Yeah, that would be good. That's a better name. Maybe... No. no. <laughs> Maybe Labour shouldn't do it. No one should do that. Um, no. I've gone off track now. Oh, yeah, the couples. In Not you Talk, you've obviously got two main characters who they're essentially forced together because they have a child together. And the whole movie is about them realizing how different they are, but putting that aside at the end. Whereas 40 year old virgins about this guy trying to lose his virginity, and on the way, he meets this grandmother, Trish, yeah. who just is kind of into him from minute one, which you don't really see too often in these sorts of things. And the, their relationship just feels much more, it feels like they're much, young, like much younger at heart than they are. Like, they're where their relationship plays out, it's like a young romance, like the dates and stuff. and there's the good, the good times they have without there being this like pressure of sex like put on it. Um, and just the way those characters just 
bring the best out of each other and how she supports him despite the fact he's a big fucking nerd and how she reacts to his um, virginity proclamation later on. It's the very different relationships. Um, so I went 10-9 in favour of 40-year-old virgin here for one reason and one reason only. There is absolutely zero chance that Ben and Alison are together by the time that child turns one years old. Absolutely zero chance for me. I don't think there's any way in hell that that relationship lasts. I don't. I don't think it should have ended with them getting together. I think it should have ended with them being single parents, but ones that are on good terms with each other. Yeah. So I actually think the relationship between Andy and Trish is really sweet, and like, I feel like you are rooting for them to work things out, and the marriage at the end it feels right. Whereas I don't think any sane person watches not up and is like, yeah, these two belong together because the entire movie tells us that they don't. So it was bizarre that they ended up together. I just think while rom-coms of this history are doing opposites attract and it works for the most part, I don't, I think this is too opposite. I think their, their entire lifestyle choices, their personalities, their outlooks on life. I just think it's so different. And I don't think there's any chance she's ever happy in a marriage with that bum. So I went 10-9 in favour of... Only when they this is 50 and they bring them back. I wonder if they'll be separated and part of the Oh, story. they'd have to be. They'd have but to be separated. Part of the story would have to be them separated, but... There's I no imagine- chance you catch up with them 17 years later and they've just been together for 17 years. There's no fucking chance. Yeah. Unless you have part of the story of them being separated and then coming back together because they're way more mature than now different people. I don't know, but they can't be together if they come back. Uh, and that is why I went similar. 40-year-old virgin, uh, 10 uh, and not till nine. Um, for everything that you said, you know, uh, Trish and Andy's relationship makes sense. And when they argue and when things don't go right, you kind of feel, you do feel bad. You feel like, oh, fuck's sake, like, let's just work it out. And like when he's seeing her, but like still going and trying to get laid, it's like, just, just fucking talk to her kind of thing. Like, you, it's, it's a much stronger relationship you know that you know that one's gonna last as well um uh but in not talk yeah you 100 know it's not going to and i think like the scene that shouldn't have been recovered from is when he runs out i thought it was gonna be a much bigger deal but when he runs out with the bong and leaves her in the house during the earthquake like it it that shouldn't have been recovered from and that it shouldn't have moved past that as quickly as it did um so yeah i went um 10-9 in favour of four-year-old virgin. But I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a cinematch first. And we've talked about we've talked about both characters and the endings and how they ended up together. Uh I'm gonna go back and change my ending score and switch it. Because talking about it actually makes me realise that yeah, they shouldn't have ended up together and it kind of does ruin the ending of the film. So I'm gonna go back and change my score to flip the scores to the four-year-old. That's virgin. interesting. Because yeah, I think you're right, and the more we've talked about it, it's they they shouldn't have. It should have been a different ending, and I do still love the whole birthing scene, uh, and I do still love like the, all the bits with like Adam Scott and um, and the friends and like Jay walking in and like being freaked out, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, in reality, they shouldn't. The ending should not have ended up with those two together. No, it didn't feel right. Um, like I said, in the ending bit, I feel like. When she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't give us a chance or something. He was like, I knew you'd... She was like, oh, maybe we should give it another go. And he was like, I knew you'd want to do it again. It just felt way too convenient. And, like, 
she just doesn't seem like she's probably delirious at that point. She's just giving birth, and doesn't seem earned. No, and I can imagine twenty minutes after the end in the film, she's like, "Fucking hell, why have I done that?" Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Andy and Trish, it feels you can see them being together for the long haul. Like it feels like that's that's a keeper. Um, so yeah, that was an easy one actually. So. We've got two categories left then. What we like to do with, especially with these sorts of comedies, is include a category for the, the best quotes because especially when it's this sense of humour, there's fucking, there's a lot. There is a lot. So I uh, I literally have opened up these things on my phone, so I've just got a shitload of quotes that, because I'm terrible at remembering. But even like, um, if we just run through a few, so like in the 40-year-old version, you've obviously got the one almost right at the beginning when, Paul Rudd's character shows up to work and he goes to confront um, Jane Lynch and he's like, you know what, I feel good because I've uh, woke up with the confidence to come into work today. And he says, because um, she keeps playing that song, I can't really remember what it's called. Um, but he says like, oh, if I have to hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the fucking ground or something like that. And then he says he's going to shoot everyone and then himself in the head. Uh, that's just really fucking funny. Um, another really funny one which I think is really off the cuff and I don't know whether it was improvised or whether it was written but when they first met see Elizabeth Banks and Andy says oh there's something wrong with her underwear and Seth Rogen says yeah it's not in my mouth (laughs) 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 which obviously is great foreshadowing for later on when he's the one that eventually gets to uh, go in the bathroom with her but yeah that one I just as soon as it's as soon as he said it, I was like, "Shit, that that thing's fucking funny." I had to make a note of that. Um, I like the um, when he's talking to Carl and he's like, "Do you do you think the this shirt's too yellow?" And he says, "No." What's curious, George? Like in real life? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Or um, when Jay's missus comes to the store and Andy has to take the blame because she found that thing with like the thing and she's having a go at him and he's like starts going off it. He's like, "Who the fuck are you to put me a try?" It's like, "Jay, control your bitch" and stuff like that. Like, it's fucking so funny because it's so against Andy. Like he's he's never even like that sort of guy, but it just shows like how confident he is and like the, the facade he's putting on in front of women. Like it's so fucking good. I already mentioned the um the Jane Lynch one where she says, I can be discreet when I'll haunt your dreams. I think it's so fucking that shit is brilliant. Um like, like when they like I said earlier, they're doing the do you know how you know your gay bit, and then like he's like Paul Rudd thinks he's gonna do it, and then Cal like butts in. It's like, is it because you can tell who gay people are? It's just that's, so, that's clever, so fucking stupid. And um, oh, I wrote it down because it was, uh, you know what? I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much. I completely stay away from them. <laughs> I like as well when he takes Cat's character to the that meeting and he says, is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? And the woman's like, is that a joke? Is that a serious question? He's like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> well, like I said, the kid, when they talk about out of course, that kid's like, I prefer it, of course. And his dad laughs and like, oh, yes, he does. <laughs> it's so weird. The, the the other kid, when he's like, um, do you have any magnums? Oh, oh no, it's uh, Steve Carell. And like, do you have any mag- uh, Are you okay if I use the magnum? And she's like, yeah, kind of proper like enthusiastic about it. Um, I like it. Uh, I can't remember who it was that said it. But it was like, you should totally tell her. Because uh, I watched this movie called Liar Liar, and the message was, don't lie. That was the small. <laughs> yeah, that one's good. I also like when he describes touching a woman's breast as like a yeah, bag of sand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some really funny ones in that. Um, obviously, 
both movies being about these same sort of guys and like the same like creative team, Knocked Up's got some very similar sort of like comedy in its quotes, and there's some really fucking funny ones in that as well. Essentially, everything those guys ad lib together. But one of my favorites is a standout when Catherine Heigl first comes around to the house and she sees John Hill watching the film and it's got like the tits out and he looks at his like just another day in the office. <laughs> like it's fucking so funny. Well, every joke they make towards Martin Stiles is going his beard like when they say you look like Robin Williams knuckles. <laughs> that's a fucking that's a fucking brilliant one. Um again a lot a lot from Paul Rudd like when he's like marriage is like a fucking unfunny version of everybody loves Raymond. Only I wanted to mention that by the way. Both movies seem to have this weird thing about everybody loves Raymond. Like what the fuck's going on there? That's what I was going to lead into. Is like it's, it, it it doesn't last twenty two minutes. It lasts forever. But like he watches like a Star Wars porn parody in um, for your virgin. Is like nope, nope, and puts everybody loves Raymond on instead. Like it's strange. But I've got it this is strange. Paul Rudd's character shouting out to Ice because he's the one that puts that in with the porn collection. And then in this, he's talking about it. That oh yeah, I don't know what like, it is. I don't know why it's in here, but it's fucking great. I, love but that I also. Shit. I also love when um, Paul Rudd's character is talking at the park and he says to several guys, like, I wish I could care about anything as much as my kids care about bubbles. <laughs> it's so funny. Or when Jason Siegel's character, when they find out uh, Alison's pregnant, he said, oh, you should just have sex with her on top. You can't get pregnant that way. It's just gravity. <laughs> um when she first tells Seth Rogen she's pregnant and he goes, with emotion. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All the stuff that Harold Ramis said, which we already mentioned, like um, when he says, oh, yeah, you're the best thing that ever happened and Seth Rogen's kind of just like, oh, now I just feel bad for you. Like when, they're in, uh, when they're in Vegas in the high and he says, Is it, isn't it weird chairs exist even when you're not sitting on them? <laughs> yeah, they said they've got all these different, they said every chair's different and like, oh, it's freaking me out. <laughs> Seth Rogen uh, commentating on Cheaper by the Dozen is funny as fuck as I was like, they say funny. This guy got 12 kids, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Leslie Mann, he's playing fetch with my kids, he's treating my kids like they're dogs. <laughs> and then uh, and then Catherine Heigl's like, no, no, he's not. And then he just cuts to Seth Rogen and fetch. <laughs> I also uh, like when I wrote down um, the whole um. Look, here are all the sex offenders in our group. Looks like your ch- computer has chicken pots. These are sex offenders. They live in our neighbourhood. Well, we'll skip their houses when we go trick-or-treating. What do you want me to do? Form a posse. I got my six-shooter. You got your lynching rope. And she's like, you don't care about these things. You wouldn't care about anything. Care more. It's just the way she fucking... Oh, uh, she just... She's brilliant. I love yeah, her. that is good. I also like um, when we go to see the female gynecologist and she's like, look, I just go, oh, that's not your vagina, that's your asshole. She's like, that happens like five times a day. <laughs> it's so good. Or like I said, the Ken Jeong woman is like, you want special moments, go to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Fucking killed me when I heard that. That thing is so funny. The clip with Adam Scott that I used for the Instagram page is like, let's just keep it down for the other pregnant women. You might be scaring him. Fucking brilliant. Yeah, he was really good in that. I think... Both movies have so many fucking lines. Every every single insult of Martin Starr's character for the beard, like when he says, "Oh, see you later, Martin Scorsese on coke." <laughs> like, there's just some really fucking good ones. Um, this is a hard category to score for me because both movies had a lot of lines that just killed me. But I went ten nine in favor of Knocked Up. Same. Did you? So we're we're pretty on agreement on that then. Yeah. Uh, Again, you can tell there's more moments for him like improv and like there's all the 
like again, Leslie. I think put, pairing Leslie Martin and Paul Rudd together is fucking genius. And then having all of those as a friend group is fucking genius as well. Um, it just it it just it just works. And like you say, all the like I said in the cameo bit, like every every cameo makes takes the opportunity to do something funny. Obviously, they stand out being Craig Craig Robinson. But then you've got like Adam Scott, and BJ Novak, and Bill Hader doing impressions as he always does. Christian Wiggs fucking lines, which we've talked about loads already. Fucking brilliant. Alan Tujic just being Alan Tujic, brilliant. Um, 40 Old Virgin's got some great bits as well. Obviously, the bits we can't repeat, the whole bit with Kevin Hart is fucking hilarious. Um, even just moments like when they're in the back on the, at the back door of the shop just fucking smashing each other with fluorescent tube lighting and stuff like that. It's fucking hilarious. But nothing... I don't think any of the jokes in 40 Old Virgin... Like the best jokes in 40 Old Virgin aren't as good as the best jokes in Noctul. Like everything is just so much more elevated and funnier in Noctul. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's just that the peak's just a little bit higher. Like I didn't even talk about the one when um, Jay Barshall character come out saying how he's shaved and he's ready to fucking get his shit on. And then John Hill starts kicking off saying, You better not let he proves the time. Last time I took a shit, it looked like a stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just some really fucking good ones. Um, and I think when that's after the earthquake and the, the camera pans down, and it's just got the woman like holding her on herself. That reminds me because we haven't even spoke about it, but the, the woman that chills with that group, I think she's Martin Starr's girlfriend. So weird going on there. That was a weird character. Yeah, she was a bit strange. I think she went on to be a bit a comedian, but I, I don't really know her that well. No, but that was a strange choice. Yeah. But because uh, she, she's just talking about like, she's like, oh, you got this thing coming out of you. It's messed up. Like, but it was like, what the fuck's going on? Because she sounded like she was just absolutely hammered the entire time. But um, yeah, I agree that the, the, the best quotes in knocked up are just a little bit better than the best quotes in Body World Version, which is why I went with that as well. No, the bit where you've seen like Andy doing all of his stuff in the apartment on his own, um and uh and then it cuts to him singing word up on the karaoke machine and it's Steve Carell singing like in a proper like weird like over the top singing it's fucking brilliant. I tell you what is good in knocked up when they first found out and uh, Ben's having a kid and they're all like saying how fucked up it is then Jay's like nah I'll be there to help I'll help you rear your kid and Jason's like you hear that man? don't let him know your kid he wants to rear your child <laughs> all of Jonah Hill's stuff in the hospital when he's just freaking out his facial expressions Ugh. yeah uh, the, the whole crew even like the young girls when she asks um, when uh, what is it when they're talking about the fact that Ben's been round and Paul Rudd's like, you're never going to do anything like that. Straight yesterday. I mean, he's like, oh, yeah, well, you're getting homeschooled. <laughs> they don't have his say. She's like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are great. Um, but, yeah, I think it just felt like the quality was... It, there was. I think I laughed more at some of the one-liners that they came out. Because I think, as well, it's not even just bits. It's just reactions. Like, like I said, because it's all improv, sometimes one person would do something and someone just reacts like that, and it just it kills me. The... Um... I can't believe we've not talked about it. I'll talk about it in a sec. But the bit in Knocked Up when they sat in the um, waiting room and Jason Siegel's talking to um, Leslie Mann and he's just got Paul Rudd just being like, I'm fucking sat right here. But, but we've not, I can't believe we've not, the fucking waxing scene. Yeah, yeah, there's some great ones in that. Like, I mean, obviously the Kelly Clarkson's a fucking masterpiece. That's, 
that's that's got a legacy of its own but everything did you know did you know that that's like their real reactions like they filmed that that's the first time like they did like it's not fake waxing it's real waxing and all of the reactions all of that scene is I think the only one that had scripted moment was um, Jay Romani Malco's character who got told to leave. But you can tell when you watch it, like with poor Russ fucking pissing himself. Seth Rogen's like wincing in pain. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I heard that. And apparently the woman that did it was actually an actress. She wasn't a real, like, she oh, wasn't she... like an actual qualified. She was an actress. So when she did the nipple bit, she did it wrong and it really fucking hurt. But I love that it, it's something that shows up later on when he takes his shirt off and he's just got these like really big patches. But it's great. Um, that scene's fantastic, to be fair. That is a fantastic scene. But we're on to the last category now then. And it's time to talk about the legacy of both movies, how they've held up, how they were seen at the time as well, and just like how they're regarded now because what? We're almost 20 years on from 40-year-old Virgin, not till it was 17 years ago. It's been a long time since both movies. Um, and I'd say both, well, some of the humour obviously hasn't held up, but I'd say for the most part, both are still viewed in quite a high regard now. Um, so how did you rate the legacy? I think, although Knocked Up got a sequel, I think the legacy of 40-year-old virgin is much much stronger i think everybody knows 40-year-old virgin and everybody knows i think the waxing scene helps um obviously steve carell being the lead helps i think the stuff with Catherine Heigl and knocked up is probably like stained the legacy of knocked up a little bit and while knocked up is i think has a lot of funnier lines i think 40-year-old virgin is a lot more accessible to everybody and i think more people look back at it fondly compared to Knocked Up. Personally, I believe, I think, I, I said to you the other day, didn't I? I think we should start doing a personal preference category after or before we do Legacy. But my personal preference is I prefer Four-Year-Old Virgin over Knocked Up. And that's because even now watching Knocked Up, I still like, this is great, the sequel's better. Like, this is four years, a different kind of film, and it's so much better using these characters. Um, whereas 40-year-old Virgin, like, I can stick on at any time and be like, yeah, I'm going to be fucking watching this and pissing myself all the way through. Like, I just think it's a, a, a much a much better film to look back on and, and watch. I, yeah, it's not aged, neither of them really, but this one, the 40-year-old Virgin specifically, not aged as, as well as um, other films have. Um, but it's still massively entertaining and uh, absolutely love it. Yeah, I actually went the same. I went 10 down in favour of 40-year-old version as well because, like I said to you, I'd watched this maybe once when I was a kid and I really didn't remember too much about it, whereas I'd never seen Knocked Up. But in terms of, like, some of the greatest comedies ever, I think 40-year-old version just talked about a lot more. And there were moments in it, like the, the waxing scene, which I think almost everyone knows, and I don't think you have too much of that in Knocked Up. Like I said, I wasn't even aware of what type of comedy it was. I always thought it was like a traditional romantic comedy to star in Seth Rogen. I didn't know it was that sort of movie. And I think with 40-year-old Virgin, you know what you're going to get. And I think that's because it's been celebrated as much as it has over the years. Um, 
Yeah, some of the jokes probably you can't make now, but at the time they were like the sort of humour you'd see and that sort of thing, and they worked really well. Uh, all the performances in both, I think, especially with the cameos and the the stars that became even bigger as time went on, like it just helps both movies. But I think if you look at 40-Year-Old Virgin, it's Steve Carell right as The Office is about to take off and he ends up becoming one of the biggest comedic actors in the world. It's Seth Rogen just before he becomes the leading man, like... Um, like I said, I think Knocked Up is a couple of years after this, and then he does Super Bad, which he writes, and then he does like Pineapple Express. This feels like the first real hint of like who Seth Rogen's going to become. Um, I just think it's it's a movie that people talk about more, and like I've never seen this before, so I can't attest to that the sequel thing. But I just think if you ask people to name like iconic comedies and especially in the 2000s, 40-Year-Old Virgin is one that's much more likely to be brought up than Knocked Up. And I think, because anyone that hasn't seen Knocked Up, I think they, are, they aren't aware of the type of comedy it is. Like with 40-Year-Old Virgin, everyone knows it's like this sex comedy that's just going to be like filled with these incredible like jokes and this, these crass one-liners and stuff. Whereas, like I said, for me, I assume Knocked Up was just a normal rom-com. And I think a lot of people that haven't seen it might think the same. And that's probably hard on that legacy, but... Personal preference, I think I preferred Knocked Up, but I went 10-9 in favour of uh, football version, just for because the group in Knocked Up always wins me over. Like it felt like, a, like I said earlier, it felt like this was the perfect, like if you're ever going to do a double bill, it feels like it's this straight into this is the end, like would have been uh, just so ideal. But yeah, I think football version is just held in a higher regard and it always has been. And considering it's Judd Apatow's first, movie and like everything he's gone on to do and like seeing his child oh no that's I'm the just gonna so that's some thingy um not to ignore that complete line but yeah it's his directorial debut um and he ended up becoming a huge figure in movies not even just directing but writing as well um and it feels like this is like the real start of it because obviously he did this and then not to he wrote super bad like he had such a big influence down the lines no he didn't write it, he produced it sorry um but yeah i think because of this kickstart in his career and how highly regarded it is it's an easy choice 10-9 in favor of 40 year old virgin which is hard to say because i preferred not to but i've got the final scores what do you think uh i think it's i think it'll be close but i think probably because i've not been keeping tally Probably knocked up comes out just above it. So the scores are 190 to 190. Again, it's a tie, and we can't even do personal preference because we're both opposite. Yeah, and you you changing your ending at the last second, like two rounds before the end, made it a tie. That's the second time I've done that, and it's changed the score completely. Yeah, but this time it's tied. It's tied it. Last time you it made your favorite film lose. So at least this time it's, it stops your favorite film from losing because not up would have won. Because last time I went to score something and then you said something, and I was like, I'm going to change my score before I'd even said it. This time I went back and changed my score. Okay, yeah. I can't even remember what the last one was. Mulan, I think. Yeah, yeah, you cost Hercules the win. Oh, fuck. Um, but this time, you've saved 40-year-old virgin from a loss, so that's something, I guess. But, yeah, we've got a tie, which it probably feels quite fitting, actually, because one of them you enjoyed more and one of them I enjoyed more, but I don't think there was much in it. Um, not for me, anyway. I think they were close. The tie, doesn't it? <laughs> you are? 
It doesn't just doesn't feel satisfying when there's a tie. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it is rough, but if you, if you're gonna get a tie, it feels like these sorts of movies that are so like closely linked and that I there wasn't much in it regardless for me. Like I only like it was like this, so I'm not too for like it's not like that one of them should like yeah. if we did this in like nineteen seventeen and saving private Ryan tied it'd feel a bit more like what the fuck's going on here. Yeah. Or when we did Back to the Future and Ghostbusters, if Ghostbusters had tied that would have been a disgrace. But uh I don't get how you think that. You are absolute terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah we've got a tie. Um not that satisfying but no. <laughs> great movies. Don't so look. hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to us talk about these two incredible 2000s comedies and uh, enjoyed listening to us laugh at some of the ridiculous moments that happened in both of them because there are fucking a lot. Um, next week, we've got something different again. We're not we're not back with this sort of movie. We're, we're heading... Are we back much more traditional rom-coms next week? For once, I can't remember. I know we've got certain movies. I don't know which kind of what order we're doing them in. Um, oh, no. Wait, how many we got we've got three more weeks of February, haven't we? I know what our final one is. And then we the one that we messaged each other about the other night. So it's the next week, so I can't remember. It was next week the oh. teen rom coms. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're doing teen rom coms. That's my fucking forte. We're kicking it off. We've got a couple of classics next week that I loved growing up. One Maybe they're both 90s and maybe one's like 2000, but they're that era. It's like late 90s, early 2000s, teen rom-coms. And one of the one that I've seen 100% feels like a... Yeah, so that's 1999 and that's 2006. <laughs> hey! No, you're looking at the wrong film. It's not 2006. I know what you just said. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 99, both the same year. 99, we've got a couple of 99 classics on the way. What a year for rom-coms, you, especially did, for the teens. Did you think I searched the Amanda Bynes film? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you did. Not, not sure if that'll give away what it is, but we've got two great 99 uh, teen rom-coms coming out next week, so we hope to see yeah, you guys there for that. And based off a book. Yeah. That's, that's the tease. Maybe we should yeah. start doing that at the end of the episode. Create like a... a, a riddle or a tease as to what's what's coming you can do that then because i ain't got the brain power i mean last time i did it i just pulled up that art of Howl's moving castle book and held it up to my face so. yeah not <laughs> quite as subtle <laughs> um but yeah we hope you guys enjoyed this episode then uh if you did feel free to like the video subscribe to the channel or if you are watching on youtube or subscribe on any of the podcast service and leave us a nice review if you want to follow us on anything details are below yeah, I was going to say, I can't really... My hand doesn't spread to yours to cover your side, so I'll just do mine. Um, we, Like I said, we will be back next week with another brand new episode. Same time. We're getting in the swing of it now. I feel like, despite the fact I'm back at uni... Yeah, and your weeks are much more... Oh, hectic. But we are getting into it swing. Oh, that it. reminds me. Do you know what I did this week? I watched two films at the cinema. Argyle. I watched Argyle. Which sucked ass. Okay, I'm getting mixed opinions. People coming out of it, and I get a lot of people saying it's bad, and a lot of people saying it's good. I don't know who to believe. Eleanor says it's fantastic. She reckons it's five stars, and I said it sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, it's uh, shit. 
I'm not close to you, I don't know your opinions, but... Straight up shit. And then I watched The Iron Claw last night. And? I'll never be the same again. Thanks for being... It's fantastic. Remember, if you if you go back and watch this podcast for the last like three or four episodes, I keep saying, "Oh, I can't wait to come and watch that." We should go watch that together on the air. And you went to fucking watch it without me. Uh, I mean, first of all, I've agreed to watch this film at the cinema with about six different people at this point. <laughs> Everyone I know has said, "Do you want to go watch Dying Call of Me?" And I've said yes to all of them because I will watch this film over and over and over. That's but fair. obviously, it was the early preview showing last night, and Eleanor wanted to go watch it, and I was never going to say, it. "You know what?" I won't watch it early. I'll wait days and days. So I went and watched it, cried like four times and had a great fucking time. And obviously, not to give too much away, Zach Efron's great. Jeremy Allen, what's he called? Jeremy Allen White? He's great. The guy from The Bear. Um, but Harris Dickinson, who has done a few things recently, like Triangle of Sadness, he plays one of the brothers in it. And he's he. it was him that I came away thinking about. So, yeah. Great movie that everyone should watch. I fucking love wrestling and I love movies, so what a combination. I am, as we are filming, on the 7th of Feb and I am still averaging out at one film a day. In fact, I think I'm one ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one film... Wait, I don't. I can't remember how I've described it. One new log of Letterboxd a day. So I've, like, Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle I've also watched. So I've averaged it, like, more than one film a day, but if you class in films that I've never logged on Letterboxd before, so I'm at one a day. That's not bad. And then, you know how we, we usually get together, You people come around and we usually get together and have a film night. Um, we kind of take it in terms of who chooses a film. Well, I, saw, I saw your Tombstone review. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we let, our, I'm not even going to say our friend after what he made me watch this week. Um, someone I've we heard know, good stuff about Tombstone before, I'm actually surprised I've never seen it. I was bored the entire way through, I zoned out a lot. Um, that was terrible. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've watched, if I've watched anything else at the cinema. Uh, I, well, I didn't watch that at the cinema. Uh, what else have I watched? Uh, I did a Cars marathon and watched all the Cars movies. <laughs> Fucking, that that's middle such, one. It's such a whiplash of movies. Like You've got such a great first one, and then the second one's like a shitty, like really, really fucking shit. But I've not watched... Finally watched No Hard Feelings. That was decent. Yeah, that was all right. I enjoyed that. Um... What I was going to say about the cinema is uh, Dune is re-releasing yeah. uh, Sunday, so I'm going to go watch that. And Interstellar is re-releasing in the IMAX, but I didn't really like the first time, but I kind of want to see it in the IMAX. I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to go, though. Yeah, I think I'm going to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm also tempted to go watch Dune myself. I've never seen it. No. No, I've never watched the new Dune. Uh, obviously, with two coming out soon, I wanted to watch it before it came out anyway, so this feels like the perfect time to watch it on a big screen instead of just sat at home. So I'm tempted to go watch that as well, if I can find the time over the weekend. Um, is it just this weekend? I think it's just this weekend, yeah. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the time, but enough ranting about that. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We, Like I said, we'll be back with a couple of fucking great 90s movies next week, which Nathan will probably hate, and I'll love every minute of. Um, the, the one that I've seen, I like. Do you? So, I bet you don't like the other one, though. No, uh, I don't know. I know who's in it, so maybe. The fucking honkiest of honks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Thanks for watching, guys, and we shall see you next week. Peace out. See you later.